0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe.
1: This episode of the power ranking show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: And that of course is the beautiful voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the power rankings podcast, AKA the power Rankings show. Marcus has a a beautiful tan. So you've been playing lots of golf. And by the way, he's got a hard out. He's got to play some more golf. We have been off a lot. Uh, Marcus had, uh, some vacation and I had some unforeseen, uh, difficulties. So we, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a weird couple of weeks, but we wanted to talk about the running back situation because if you guys haven't been paying attention in the world of football, running back salaries for some reason and the just the overall state of the position has been a real talking point now for a couple of weeks. I, I just want I guess start off with asking you why why now? Why why do you think it's being talked about so much now and what has added to that? I know there was the conference call on Saturday, but just Tell me how you see the timeline of this. I think it really started with Todd Gurley back
1: in, I believe, 2017. He got a massive contract extension after his his third year in the NFL with the Rams. um, Made him the highest paid running back in the league by a ton. Before that deal even kicked in with the Rams, Todd Gurley was already out of the NFL. Not just off the Rams, but out of the NFL. We saw... Ezekiel Elliott get a monster deal after year three with the Cowboys. Uh, He was cut one year into his new deal uh, with Dallas. We've seen some other running backs just really struggle after getting that second contract. And now with a lot of these teams being a little bit more analytic driven, they're realizing that, Hey, the difference in production between a running back on their second contract and running back in the first contract is pretty close. In fact, a younger guy typically performs better. Let's just draft, develop, let them go rather than giving these players big contracts with a lot of guaranteed money.
0: Yeah. And it was hard to watch Todd Gurley that last year with Atlanta. Of course, Marcus is now collecting football cards of guys that had like one stop uh, with another team As he's got his Matt Forte with the Jets card. I'd forgotten Matt Forte. Even played for the Jets. but Picked up a Steve okay. Jackson with a Patriots card the other day. Oh, geez. Okay, Steven Jackson, great guy that worked with him. So yep. a couple of years ago um, – or excuse me, a couple of years ago. A couple weeks ago, Christian McCaffrey was talking about uh, the situation with running backs, and, and and then we've had the Saquon Barkley situation play out all over the offseason where he was going to get a new deal, and that finally happened uh, today, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so – what do you, why do you think right now it's becoming such an issue that what these running backs did, it was a zoom call, right? Yep. It was, yeah. Well, I think part of it is that we've had three
1: big name running backs all on the franchise tag that were unable to get long-term deals. One of them is the NFL's leading rusher and Josh Jacobs, yep. mm-hmm. one of them is a Pro Bowl running back for the Dallas Cowboys, which if you play for the Cowboys, we know what it is. You're just going to get a lot of attention. The other one is a former number two overall pick who happens to play in the New York market in Saquon Barkley. You add those three players together, none of those players are able to get a long-term deal. And I think that's why it's all of a sudden coming to a head.
0: So when we say coming to a head, there's people out there right now that are, including the running backs themselves, that are saying, you know... um, we've got to do something about this. Like we, we are underpaid and there are people that, you know, follow the game closely that, that recognize that there is somewhat of a, I don't know if we should call it an unfair disparity, but that running backs are severely being undervalued on the market now and teams just don't want to pay them. I've always kind of been in the mindset. You kind of have to let the market decide here in football. Teams are going to, pay for the positions that that are most valuable to them and use the draft to get a guy on the cheap but i don't think when you talk about the timeline of how this happened i think you have to consider the post sam bradford year the cba yeah. and when they started having the draft wage scale because that meant you could get a running back on the cheap for the prime of their career because if you look at running backs over history most of them had their greatest year within the first three or four years of their career. And that's precisely when you're getting guys for a bargain, it's the exact opposite for a quarterback. There are very few quarterbacks whose best years came in their first three or four years.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the the math problem of this as well. It's like, Hey, we want these guys at their peak. Their peak is usually when they're on rookie contracts, they decline the more touches they get. So why do we want to give, a player a lot of money in the future when we know his value is only going to decrease the opposite's true for a quarterback, right? You sign a quarterback. Now that's 24 years old. You're hoping that he gets better and better every year that he plays. It's just not true for the running back position. And I think there's just now this discussion of what do these running backs do? What's the solution? How do we get them paid more? There's a lot of solutions, or a lot of or there's a lot of potential solutions that I've seen thrown around. The one thing I will say is, you're still talking about a small number of players. Like, how many running backs really deserve to get paid? Let's just call it big money. Whether it's eight million dollars a year, twelve million dollars a year on a second contract, because it's it's less than a handful, right? So you're you're yeah. just it's not a, it's not a big number of players that we're talking about here.
0: I would say in any given year, it's never going to be more than about seven guys. And I I think even seven is probably pushing that a little bit. I think it's probably more like five. You know, on, on the solutions front, I have one possibility. But going back to what I was saying, like there was a time when NFL GMs were much more willing to play they pay their defensive tackles and their middle linebackers decent right. money as composed to as a, uh, compared to maybe a safety or a pass rusher, because in the NFL and say the 1970s, stopping the run was at a premium. So you needed to have a good defensive tackle and you needed to have a good middle. All the teams that had good middle linebackers won, or mm-hmm. they they got a lot better. Um, you know, obviously the game isn't like that anymore. How many teams want to pay a classic middle linebacker now? Nobody. Nobody. Right. We don't talk about that. There's no campaign to get, you know. uh, We see those those guys in free agency now,
1: like Philadelphia, just lost both starting linebackers. And I don't think anybody cares. Right. Like, is anybody worried about Philadelphia's linebackers going this year? No, of course not.
0: No. And we only seem to care about defensive tackles if there are guys that can maybe somehow get 10 sacks as an interior lineman. And then we celebrate that. So and that's a rarity. That's a commodity. If you have a defensive tackle that can at least play the run and get you 10 sacks, that guy's going to get paid huge money on the market because there's not that many guys like that. What's interesting, though, is there's not that many running backs that can change a game either. I do think we have to show some respect to the fact that I still think Christian McCaffrey can change a game with his pass catching ability. And I think that's really where. So, uh Two things here. One, I think if a running back can really make hay in the passing game, that is where they can up their value, and that's kind of what this agent you were telling me offline was telling the players in this video. That go ahead and talk about what. Yeah, they, so basically, what his the solution was
1: the running backs were wondering, like, hey, how how does a player break through and finally kind of get paid and get off this ten million dollar franchise tag number? And the agent's response is. You need to be transcendent. You need to transcend the position. And I think a lot of the running backs in that room got mad because, you know, Christian McCaffrey and an Austin Eckler, those are guys that catch passes really well. I think Austin Eckler had 100 receptions one year. And they feel like, what more can I do to transcend the position? I'm I'm getting 400 touches basically a season and doing all these different things. What else do I have to do to get paid?
0: I don't know that there is a way to be transcendent because the game is so – I hate to say vanilla now, but I mean, teams really, how many teams run truly unique offenses? We've talked about this yeah. before. I mean, outside of Derek Henry running out of the dot and maybe what Kyle Shanahan's doing uh, with the 49ers, there's not that much um, uniqueness across the board. We've talked many times on this podcast about the one cut and go. Well, when every team is kind of doing some version of that and some version of the quarterback, putting it in your stomach and then pulling it out of your stomach all these kinds of things. It's very hard for running backs to differentiate themselves. It, It was easier to do that in the older days. The other problem also, and I've told you this before, is until the game changes, I don't see this changing because right now there is a premium being placed on speed. Coaches are willing to sacrifice quality of player for speed. And what I mean by that is coaches are very wary of fatigue, very wary of fatigue. And so they are going to pull Micah Parsons off the field. They're going to pull DeMarcus Lawrence off the field. They're going to pull all these guys off the field if they feel like they're slowing down for sub packages. So what were we seeing, Marcus? Like 19 on 19. average, 19 yeah. defensive players getting a game now? Yep. Where before for a significant that,
1: amount of plays. Yeah, yeah. In the 90s, you might have 13. Right, Maybe 14 if somebody really wants to rotate some defensive lineman in. But, yeah, now now you're getting sometimes even 20, 21 defensive players in the game. On top of that, we've also got a lot of this technology now where players wear some special wristbands and watches to basically monitor their fatigue. So a team can be on the sideline and being like, hey – this guy's getting tired. He's going to be more susceptible to an injury. Let's pull him off now and get somebody else who in the in the game who is a little bit fresher to make sure that our backs are healthy all season long. All of this kind of goes into decreasing the running back value.
0: Yes, I you know, I think when you're getting 20 players on the field that are playing, you know, say 15 snaps or more, you're always having speed on the field, and that makes it very difficult for a running back who's one guy, right? He's he's the same guy facing different sets of players, so he may be fatigued, and they're not. He may not be able to hit the edge as quickly. Tony Pollard, who can outrun just about anybody, may not be able to get that corner uh, late in the third quarter that he would be, that edge. Uh, and so I think it that makes it much harder And also, running backs are pulled off the field so often, they very rarely get four or five carries in a row anymore. That makes it difficult, too.
1: I also think, and this is not a good way to build your team and to base everything off of, but we know that NFL owners and front offices are very reactionary, right? They see a trend, and then they do exactly what that trend suggests, because that's what everybody's doing. And if you happen to look at like the last 10 Super Bowl winners, or even just the the teams that have been in the Super Bowl, we've had some really not big-name running backs be the starting you know, bell cow on their teams, whether it's an Isaiah Pacheco or was it LeGarrette Blunt three different times was the leading rusher on his own team and was getting paid pennies. Um, I think I think front offices are realizing, hey, I don't need to have an Emmett Smith anymore to win a Super Bowl. I don't need a Marshall Falk or a Terrell Davis. I can get by with whoever we grab on day three. And I think until we get like a big name running back to win a Super Bowl, I just don't see that changing.
0: Yeah. The two best running back performances I can think of over the last 10 years in the Super Bowl would be uh, a guy that nobody even remembers for Kansas City having a big game against Tampa, uh, against San Francisco.
1: Damien remember right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you think remember that, that he actually had a big game? Nobody. And then, and then James White catching, like, I want to say 14 balls against Atlanta, but. Well, Shane
1: Green also caught 13 against
0: Seattle. Seattle. Yes. And so you're not having, you know, if you have a running back catch 10 balls, that's just, that's not how we think of the position. And that's not maybe what the agent means by transcendent. If Austin Eckler catches 90 balls for 800 yards and a touchdown, people just, they don't get excited about that. Um, but I, What I would say is this. Well, first of all, I I find it interesting that you mentioned the trends because Stephen Jones had an interesting timeline. He did. They
1: asked asked Stephen Jones, the Cowboys basically GM right now, uh, about the devaluing of the running back market. And he said, you know, 20 years ago, uh, running backs might have been more valuable than quarterbacks. And I said to you offline, I, I kind of agree with Stephen Jones that it feels like the 90s should be 20 years ago and not 30 years ago but <laughs> yeah. hey so this is what it is
0: well if you go back to the 90s and we do that there were so many different kinds of running backs and so when we talk about sub packages on defense and why does it matter if there are 20 guys getting snaps on defense versus 14 guys getting snaps on defense and the reason is in the 90s when that wasn't happening especially like the early 90s late 80s that a lot of these running backs, when they were on carry 20 or 25, they could wear some guys out on defense because those players on defense were just as tired and had just as fatigued hamstrings as the running backs did. Also, the running backs could set some of these defensive players up. So Marcus Allen could maybe give somebody a little cut or a juke in the second quarter and then give that same linebacker, bowl him over in the fourth quarter when that linebacker's not expecting it. Kind of like a pitcher as he goes through the lineup. He'll set a hitter up with a fastball in the third inning, but maybe when he sees him again in the fifth inning, he throws an off-speed pitch. And so you don't really have that because you're always having different personnel out there. They're always fast, Marcus. They're always fresh. And these running backs like Frank Gore and Emmitt Smith, who were really patient runners, They, I don't know how effective Emmitt Smith would be in the fourth quarter in today's NFL. I, I, I hate to yep. say that because he was a great player, but – You know, I think the speed would really impact his game. I don't know how a running back can be particularly transcendent with the sub packages, with the one cut and go style, with all the passing that there is in the game. How do they do that?
1: I I don't know. But I will say one thing that running backs could do to help the value of the position is if we get a few of these players that are like in their late 20s continuing to play well. I think Derrick Henry is going into age 29, his 29th season, right? If he has an awesome year and he, like, leads the NFL in rushing yards, maybe that'll change some of the stigma about these guys just completely falling off. And I'm looking at, like, Christian McCaffrey going into his age 27 season. Like, he still should be an awesome player. If he has a great year and Nick Chubb is awesome for the Browns because I think this is Nick Chubb's – is this year six for Nick Chubb? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. if some of those running backs you don't need all of them but three or four of those guys just play really well at age 27 28 29 i wonder if teams will be more open to doing not long-term deals but maybe like really expensive three-year deals. so you get your four-year rookie contract three years after and then that's when we decide to move on
0: i would love to say i think you're right but i don't I don't think that's going to matter because let's say the Titans started six and two this year and Derrick Henry's already got a thousand yards after eight games. Let's say they lose Derrick Henry and they go, you know, whatever, three and six on the way out without him. I don't think anyone's going to look at that and say, oh, yeah, he's the reason we need to pay running backs more money. I think what people will say is the Titans have built their team wrong and it's instead awesome of player. actually turning into paying the running back more they they would say the titans need to develop a passing game and need to get a new quarterback in there of course uh, they're what if they on win the division right though what what if
1: they surprise everybody and Ryan Tannehill is just average this year but they win the division kind of on the back of Derrick Henry again i don't know how much that's going to change but at least it's one data point of like hey there are a couple of rare occasions where players at the age of 28 and 29 can still be as effective as they were at age 25
0: Yeah, I I think what would also need to happen is the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Christian McCaffrey playing a starring role. He doesn't have to be the MVP, don't get me wrong, but I think a team like that that really believes in running the ball with a running back who is special, I think you're going to need like multiple things like that happen, and it needs to translate to wins because otherwise, like I said, GMs are going to say, well, they just built their team wrong. That's great, but first of all, where are we going to find another Derrick Henry? And number two, we don't want our whole team contingent on Derrick Henry getting hurt, whereas the running backs also aren't protected, man. Quarterbacks are protected. So if you build your team around a quarterback and you lose a wide receiver, uh, like the Rams a couple years ago, they lost Robert Woods. Okay, we can go get an Odell Beckham and still win because Matt Stafford's going to be protected by the rules and, of course, how we scheme. How do you scheme to protect your running back? You can't. How do the rules protect your running back? They don't. So I I find this really hard uh, to do. A couple little solutions that I had. uh, Number one, I liked the idea of a team, for example, paying Saquon Barkley huge for like two years. Get him a ton of money and say, hey, we are going to pay you for being a peak player and we're going to overpay you, but not get yourself involved in a long contract. That's one thing that I I would change. The other thing is, If you're going to make an actual NFL rule change, which I don't really believe in, but if you were going to do it, I think you have to do it with the draft and the rookie wage scale, i.e. the rookie wage scale should be higher for the running backs than the other positions. That would be the only change I would advocate making if you're going to make one. So
1: they can't make any changes until after 2030, because that's when the new CBA goes into effect. Yes. Um, but what about the other positions? What about? Couldn't you see like a kicker being like, "Hey, we score more points than anybody else. Yes. We're only getting paid two million dollars." Justin Tucker is going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's making six million a year. You're telling me that Justin Tucker is not more valuable than your third defensive tackle? How about you That's change a, our rookie yeah. scale?
0: That's why I'm not for it. That's what I'm yeah. saying I, yeah. I think in this play, I think in this case, look, it's going to happen at some point. At some point, uh, too many teams are going to realize they can't close out games. And I think, I think it's going to be Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers. I really do. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, running the ball. And I think other teams might look at it and say, look, we don't have a top eight quarterback. We don't have a top seven quarterback. Uh, but we can scheme and we can play more physical football with these guys. Things do change in the NFL. We see trends. Maybe we're never going back. But if we don't ever go back, I think it's going to be really hard outside of a market correction to get running backs paid what they're worth. And by the way, you know, we should say that what makes this so unfair is that when running backs get 25 touches, they get hit so much that they really should yeah. probably be paid more. The only thing I don't agree with, though, man, about this whole idea, and this is my really my last thought on this, is that I refuse to believe in the idea that running backs are incapable of playing well into their late 20s or early 30s. We have heard that a lot. Like, oh, man, once the running back's at 28, he's done. I'm sorry. There are so many running backs in NFL history that had great years at 29 and 30. Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, John Riggins, Tony Dorsett, Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin. You can name a ton of them. I don't think all of a sudden these guys have just uh, are <clears throat> lesser athletes. I think a lot of it is even what you consider to be an average salary, Marcus – is really good money by the 80s and 90s standards. Sure. It was life-changing money. And so the running backs in the 80s and 90s, they had to keep playing hard to make enough money to where they may not have to work again. These guys now make enough money that you know, granted, again, it's not as much as quarterbacks, but it's a it is life-changing money even if we don't consider it to be huge dollars relatively.
1: I just think it's funny that you believe it's going to be Cal Shanahan in the 49ers that maybe fix this running back market when I think it's Mike Shanahan and the Broncos that kind of started this whole thing, yeah, right? Because yeah, it was ter- okay. everybody thought that they were, were crazy for moving on from Terrell Davis, and then they had Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell and how many other those Ruben Drones, right, for Denver. They just kind yes. of showed that you can put any running back in their system, and they're going to be awesome. And I think it's taken a while for teams to kind of fully embrace that. But Kyle Shanahan's a perfect example. Every running back that he puts into a scheme has absurd efficiency. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey's better than anybody he's had, but everywhere he's gone, the running backs have produced. So I, I just think
0: it's a little comical. Yeah. But Christian McCaffrey's ability to catch the ball in traffic, I think is pretty elite for his position. And I do think that can do a little bit of what that agent was talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that, look, I the, the running backs now, once they get paid, they they don't really need to play like the guys in the 80s and 90s had to keep playing to make that kind of money. And so we just don't think of it as a lot of money because we're comparing it to quarterback salaries and wide receiver salaries. Yep. Um, I, I don't really see this changing with, with the NFL stepping in. I just don't think the NFL and the new CBA in 2030, no any of those kind of no things – uh, I, I don't see that happening. I could see what you are talking about potentially happening. Derrick Henry goes for eighteen hundred. Maybe the 49ers win the Super Bowl, and Nick Chubb has his best year ever. Maybe a couple GMs, just a couple, will say, "Hey, you know what? There's a real there's a guy coming up in next year's draft. We got to have him, and uh, we're also willing to pay. You know, whoever. I'm just you, insert yeah. name here. I'm just going to your point that." I think it needs to be like two or three guys. I don't think one guy is going to make people change their mind.
1: 100%. It's going to have to be multiple data points for teams to be like, "Okay, maybe he's not just an outlier. Maybe there are certain players that we can grab that can extend their shelf lives in the NFL just a little bit."
0: I am a little sad. This is so this is really is my last point. <laughs> my last two points. One, I'm a little sad that Derrick Henry got hurt when I thought he was going to maybe go for 2,000 two years ago because I wanted to see him get 2,000 two, two times. Um, yeah. And my other little little baby point is I, I do feel kind of bad for a guy like Austin Eckler or even Jonathan Taylor, who Jonathan Taylor had about as good a, run a year a running back could have two years ago, mm-hmm. and it's like nobody cares. I realize he got hurt last year, and he's not one of the guys we're talking about. But I do kind of feel bad. that Man, you could catch 90 balls, run for 1,000 yards, score However right, many no touchdowns and yeah, it's uh it's a little unfair, but uh, I give the floor to you, sir.
1: Yeah, it's just it's fascinating to see where the running back market goes. I don't think we've reached the floor. I honestly don't. I think I think this could get even worse in the upcoming uh. years. I, 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 that's my prediction is we're going to see fewer and fewer running backs getting paid. Where the franchise tag might da- get down to
0: eight million. That's uh, especially with the cap going up every year, it's that's just crazy to think about. But uh, as always, you can follow Mar- Marcus's work on Tony Pollard, who has his own situation going on at running back. And I also hear some good uh, barbs thrown at Ezekiel Elliott. He's always good for that on Locked on Cowboys. He's consistent. What can you say? He's a he's a bell cow critic so, of yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, follow him at Marcus underscore Mosher. He works on Lost Locked on Dynasty, which is a cool podcast. He does that twice a week. I guess fantasy drafts are really heating up mm-hmm. right now. And he also writes on the interweb. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. Again, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. And we will see you guys later. Take care, everybody.